0: This Wednesday will be our Thanksgiving Eve service. This is service one time a year set apart to just give thanks to Almighty God. Bible talks about in the last days, thankfulness will be something that's out the door we see it in our community. We see it in our families. We see it in relationships. God said, when your barns are full and your houses are built and your trees and orchards have grown, you will forget about me. You have opportunity this Wednesday night to come and thankful. You might say, well, I lost my job. I haven't had a job. If your name is written on the Lamb's Book of Life, you have reason to be thankful. So please don't blow that service off. Come. Won't be as long as normal, probably. There'll be an opportunity to you to give thanks to Almighty God. We're going to do our best to have a candlelight service. Okay. So keep that in mind. Bethlehem walk is very important. I'll keep repeating it because I don't want you to think we take this lightly. You need to have a meeting with all those that might be thinking about it, considering it, those who have signed up, those who might just want to know a little bit more about it. Troy will address you after the service, sit somewhere here, maybe in the, in the middle, just for, just for a few minutes, so we can touch base, connect all the dots, and you'll see really how simple it can be. Glory. Okay. Title of this morning's message is Beyond the Veil. Maybe some of you might not understand quite what that means, but I believe you will by the end of the, the message. Beyond the Veil. I believe the Lord is wanting to move this church at this time, Beyond the Veil. It's just kind of like the pool Bethesda. Sometimes it would just start to stir. No one could do it. God did it. He would send an angel. And you either got in or you missed it. And I believe that the Lord is wanting this church, this time, to go beyond this veil. I believe we're living on the wrong side of the veil. On the wrong side. There's much more of the power that God wants us to be a witness to. God is looking to reveal his glory. Just as we was praying for Emily, sick father in the Philippines I believe, pray ain't no big deal for God. we can pray right here in Zanesville, Ohio and send that word of God and expect something to happen. expect it going beyond the veil and this is what God wants and we'll try to explain this a little bit for those who might not quite understand. Exodus 26. I've always believed that God has called this church not to be ordinary. I've said that from day one. I've said that from day one and before I knew any of you, before I was even in this place, in Ohio, would ask God over and over, God, please give me a church. And I would tell God over, I don't want a cute little white church way back in the woods. Now, this is not a downgrade to any of that. Just please listen to me that has a cemetery on one side and a little creek running through the back and everything's peaceful and quiet. I want a church God, even if God would place me in those woods with that church, listen to me, I want a church God that's on the front lines. Lord, when my time is spent and I give my last breath, I want to be wore out for you. I want to be in the fray. I want to be in the battle. Now this is, not without cost. Not without cost. And so that has been in my heart and my wife's heart for years. Years. Fifteen years before we even came to Ohio. And you are a part of this because you're here. And so I hope that you don't become satisfied to have come this far. To get this close to that veil and then stop and not go beyond it. Because many, many do. God gave me a teaching on the tabernacle, maybe sometime I ought to preach it again. The different levels, the the distance from the most holy place where the presence of God is and what you and I settle for way back here. We can smell the aroma of church, hear the sounds, but we don't press on. And, And every step you take with this tabernacle, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Probably because the masses don't press. We don't go for it. And so that's kind of what this is beyond the veil. Exodus 26 verse 31. And thou shalt make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen of cunning work with cherubims shall it be made. This is just a part of this tabernacle in the wilderness. This church is what it was that God had ordained for them to build in the wilderness. And thou shalt hang upon it four pillars of shittim wood, overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be of gold upon the four sockets of silver. And thou shalt hang up the veil under the fashions, that thou mayest bring in thither within the veil the ark of the testimony. Here it is now. The veil shall divide unto you between the holy place And the most holy. And thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the most holy place. The most holy place. The tabernacle was the first church that they built in the wilderness. It was like a tent that they would, uh, put up and put down. Every time the presence of God would move, they would undo the tent and they would follow God and then they would reestablish the tent as God would settle down in some area in the wilderness. Now, you can try to vision this. I'll have a picture for you in a second. Kind of vision this tent, this tabernacle in the wilderness. And it was uh, of two places. When you first walked in, it was called the holy place. And then when you would go beyond the veil, it was the most holy place, which represented the Shekinah glory of God, that you just could not walk in when you wanted to. If your kids, like sometimes they do here, run around and zip into the holy place, instantly they would have died. In the Old Testament, that's the way it was. was Holy. Absolutely holy. The presence of Almighty God. This tent that they built in the wilderness, the the outside of it was kind of a badger skin, animal skin. So it wasn't like something that you would look at on the outside and long for it. It's kind of like Christ. There was no, no comeliness about Him. He wasn't a hulk. He wasn't a, a model. I wasn't a dynamite guy. You just kind of looked at Him. But if you would dare to go in to this tabernacle, the walls and everything were overlaid with gold. It was unbelievable. It was beautiful, but on the outside, you go, ah, eh, church, who needs? So this tabernacle made up of two parts, the first part being the holy place divided by this veil that we just read and described. It was a thick veil between the holy place and the most holy place, and three quarters of this tent was the holy place, and a quarter of it was the most holy place. I think we have a picture just to kind of show you this tent. That is the holy place. And those pillars then go beyond that veil, and it's the most holy place where the presence of God dwelt. There's no door. There's no opening. If you see someone come out on a stage, you had to get down on your knees in totally submissive and humble, down to be able to get in. And the high priest could only get in once a year. Once a year. In fact, it was such a serious moment that they would read Scripture to him throughout the night. They wouldn't let him sleep in case he would dream a foul, filthy dream. He had to put blood on the right tip of his ear and his thumb and his big toe. There's no way he could go in there without the shedding of blood. It's a perfect example of what was done on Calvary. The most holy place you could not go in, even if he was a priest. You could go in and work at the altar, the candle on the left, the showbread, the altar of incense in front there. You could do those priestly duties, but only the high priest could go in, and only once a year. Okay, Leviticus 16 tells us this, And he shall make an atonement for the holy sanctuary, and he shall make an atonement for the tabernacle of the congregation, and for the altar. And he shall make an atonement for the priests and all the people of the congregation. He shall be an everlasting statue unto you to make an atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. And he did as the Lord commanded Moses. This was a command from Moses that he commanded Moses that the high priest, which was Aaron at this time, had to go in and do those priestly duties. Hebrews 9, 6 then tells us this. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle. Accomplishing the service of God. And that's this table of showbread that you saw up there. That was the first tabernacle. They called it not that there was two different buildings. It's just the way the scriptures reads it. One building, two different sections. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was standing, yet standing. The Holy Ghost letting them know that this was the only way in the Old Testament to the presence of Almighty God, the thick, rich, powerful, magnificent, holy presence power, dunamos dynamite of God was just on the other side of that veil. And you could only go in once a year and only one guy. But when Christ was on that cross, something happened. Matthew 27, 50 says, Jesus dying on the cross, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost and behold, The veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. This huge, thick veil. When your Lord gave up the ghost, gave up his life on the cross, that veil was rent from top to bottom. From top to bottom. Torn in two. This veil is what separated The holy place, from the most holy place in the temple. Now it's being torn in two. It was set up to be a vivid demonstration of the separation between God and man. That God is too holy for you to jerk around and play around with. If you went in there without the blood, and even though you were a high priest, if you went in there playing church, going through all the traditional things, but had sin and lust and horsing around with some woman just last week or watching or reading or being filled with filth, you would drop dead in the holy place. And he also had something tied around his waist that they would let him go in because they couldn't go in with him. Bells on the bottom, and if it went boom, they would pull him out knowing that he had sin in his life and he died. When when Christ hung on the cross and died, that veil, That power came out from behind the veil. And you see how the Word of God tells you that the veil was torn from top to bottom. It was Almighty God who did the tearing. God did it. When Christ died on that cross, God took that veil, ripped it from top to bottom so that Chad Martin could walk into the presence of of God, so that you could and so that I could. Almighty God is calling us on the other side of this veil He's calling us to live in the presence of God. That last song they sang, "I stay amazed," not just amazed one time because God did something wonderful in your life 32 years ago when you became born again, or 15 years ago when you should have died in this accident and you didn't. The song says, "I stay amazed, stay amazed." It's the same concept is like this this river that that. Kept them from the promised land. And some of the tribes decided they want to live on this side. They were afraid to go through and into the others because there was a cost. There was the enemy. But it was God's promised land. His promise and his covenant to you and I. And usually what we do is we back off from that. We choose a a dummy down walk, watered down Christian walk, and we live just on this side. Of the veil, we we want to hear the aromas or, or catch a whiff of the incense altar once in a while, or see the glitter of the gold, but we just don't go in. God is calling this church to move beyond the veil. Luke eleven says this: If ye then be evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. Amen. We're about to do that. Christmas, which Friday after Thanksgiving, the day. Black Friday, that's a perfect name as far as I'm, where you go out and you spend, if you being evil, that's what the Word of God says about us. And it goes and says, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, and we do, because how much more shall your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? How much more of this power, of this magnificent walk that we should be having this staying amazed if we just ask for it Hebrews tells us what to do I do want to draw near Hebrews tells us let us draw near with a true heart not a playing heart I'll be a big shot heart I can write a book or I'll be famous people want to talk to me heart forget that a true heart in full assurance In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. It's still the blood of Christ. We don't have to ceremonially cut a lamb up and put the blood here, but it's a spiritual lamb who died without sin, spotless lamb. And now I can walk into this presence of God in full assurance, having my heart sprinkled. With the forgiveness from Christ and our bodies washed with the pure word. That's the word of God. You must know the word of God nowadays. More than ever, there's such deception in the house of God, such deception in the church. So God is wanting to open this up to this church, to you and I. And I can't even begin to imagine how or how this might or may even happen. I wouldn't dare to tell God how to do this or which way to do it. As I look at the state of the church in our country, our country, I can't help but realize we are living on the wrong side of this veil. The church has no influence towards evil. Evil is abounding. Anything they want to do, they do without hardly any resistance whatsoever. You and I are supposed to be filled with the Spirit of God who's the great resistor. Of evil, if the spirit of God left right now, evil would consume us, it's the Holy Spirit, and God is wanting us to walk into a, a deeper realm of this holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Luke 8:41 says, "And behold, listen to this lesson we can learn from Jarius. And behold, there came a man named Jarius he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying. She's dying, Lord! She's dying! But as the Lord started to go, people thronged him, the Bible says. And this is the account where the, the woman having an issue of blood. Now think of your Jairus. Your daughter's dying. She's on the deathbed. The sound of death is in her lungs. And all these people taking the attention and distraction of the Lord from you, from your mission. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately the issue of her blood stopped, immediately just dried up. But Jairus, can you imagine him? oh my gosh hurry up and jesus said who touched me when all denied peter and they that were with him said master the multitude thee and impressed thee you say who touched you everybody is jesus said somebody hath touched me for i perceive that virtue has gone out of me and when the woman saw that she was not hid she came trembling fell down before him she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her daughter, "Be of good comfort; thy faith hath made thee whole. Go, go in thy peace." And Jairus is like, come, hurry up!" Then maybe Jairus sees neighbors or friends or people from his village coming his way, and his heart sinks. While he yet spake, there come one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, "Thy daughter." Is dead. Forget it. She's dead. Troubled not the master. She's dead, man. Forget it. It seems like the real, live, authentic, precious, holy move of God seems dead in our nation. I'm not talking about dummying down some great salvation we might have. I'm talking about on a whole. To the point that man is concocting moves. And they're getting dumber and stupider with everyone. My trouble is man, it's dead. If that's the way you feel. And listen, when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when I look at me, the church, not the church, part of the church, and when I look us as a whole, and I look at our nation, sometimes I go, Oh my gosh, dead. And yet God always whispers only believe personal situations you are in, corporately as a church and as the nation of America. God is saying to us only believe. Just like Jarius, listen, just like this father who was forced to face a trial, look, which man was utterly helpless and useless. The doctors Look at us, just like they looked at him and said, there's nothing else we can do. Sorry. Jairus was forced to put his trust in him, in the Lord. And this is where we are as the body of Christ in America. God is setting up this perfect storm that we stop trusting in what we can do and in our own strength to build and make marvelous things. And simply... Run to God. Find Him, no matter where He's at. The only thing that could help Jarius is the only thing that can help us today. And it's this. Believe. I don't care if there's 50,000 demons screaming contrary to you right now. You're never going to make. You're hooked on this. You're hooked on that. You're a liar. You'll always be a liar. You're no good. You put your trust in God and believe. Believe. That's moving beyond this veil. John eleven forty 40 said, Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee? This is nothing new, what I'm saying. It's been in the word of God forever. Isn't it amazing how sometimes you can read Romans over and over and over and over? And all of a sudden, certain situation in your life, certain circumstance that you find yourself in, you open up and you read Romans again and bam, there it is something that you read over many times, maybe even highlight, underline it, rotates by it, taught on this and this date, heard this in Sunday school, but still never really nothing really grabbed you made a move. And that's what Jesus is saying here unto these Mary and Martha. He said, man, didn't I tell you? Didn't I say, and did they just believe? If thou wouldst believe, thou shall see the glory of God. And that's what I'm trusting God for. I don't have to try to push you through a veil. I don't have to try to make big props of the tabernacle here and, and try to show you or I have a drama. It's just believe. Jesus said, didn't I say unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. I'm not happy living on this side of the promised land. I don't know who tricked me in living on this side. I don't know if I tricked myself. I don't know if I believed the liar who lies all the time tells me I can't handle it, I can't do it. God won't use you, but it's time we start pulling up the stakes that we pitched our tents on this side and start walking in by faith, by faith, just believing you will never be any good to achieve this. There isn't levels like you guys got to do in college and school. And I see all here lately, I got to get out of this place, finals you got to achieve, you got to get this great, as 2.0. We're all 0.0. It's the truth. God says, if you'll just believe Mary and Martha, you'll see the glory of God. Look at them. They weren't overwhelmed with faith and didn't have tons of faith. Yeah, we know it. In the last days, they weren't even getting it with him looking at them, hearing his lips move. I can get it. I can believe God. I'm the greatest testimony there is to this. Because I know what I was like. I know what used to come out of this and came from this. And all that's changed. And I can't find a scar. He just did it. And so really this is easy to believe. It, it, It even gets better. Mark 9 23 says this. Jesus said unto him if thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believes. What thing is there that we should not bring to God that's too difficult? Well, you don't know my daughter. You don't know my husband. You don't know. Too difficult for God? See, you're looking and seeing with these. Our realm and life and world doesn't work in that. It works in faith. The substance of things hoped for. God, get you a know, hope. The evidence of things not seen. Devil yelling, people yelling. I don't care. I'm going to believe God. I'm just going to walk and believe my God. It says, And when Abram was 90 years old and nine. So you're not too old for this. The Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, Listen, this is the belief part. This is the simple part. I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Blameless. We know there's only one perfect, and that was Christ. King James uses that word. It's blameless. That's what you must do. This is it. We'll use Beth. Beth, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou blameless. Mike Shepard, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou blameless. Now listen. And... I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Walk before God in the best knowledge that you have of Christ. Stop being foolish. Walk in the integrity of the Word of God. That's it. And believe God. I don't care what's going on around you. I don't care if every church in the city but us is saying, you're full of hot potatoes, man. That's impossible. That's crazy. That was three years ago. That doesn't happen anymore. That Leave me alone. God is wanting us to move beyond the veil. Take those things that are absolutely impossible with you, and you lay them out before God. Whether it's that son, whether it's yourself, I, I, whatever. I, I don't care what situation it is. But God is wanting to move now here's the sad thing. not everybody will it's always been that way. The tabernacle I know I'm running out of time was a little in our standard little tent picture this is a tent three quarters of it holy place, most holy place and they built areas around it one square and then it was bigger and then it was bigger three one one way around where most of the people were it was called the the, the outer place, or even the profane place. It was, you could see the pillar of fire. You could see kind of church mingling going on, but you actually weren't that close. And there was only one gate, and it pointed to the east. There was only one way to go, Jesus being the door. And every time you would go through a different door, the crowd would be smaller and smaller. Because in all reality, not a whole lot of us are really interested. Let's stand. I'm give you opportunity I'm going to give you opportunity to walk down here and just stand before God, and then I'm going to read some scripture over you, and then we're going to pray. It's kind of almost sort of like the uh tabernacle. is it there's lots of room out there, but then you got to come down. It's kind of smaller, a little more crowded. maybe you might be shoulder to shoulder, I don't know. but if your heart is stirred. And you're like, man, I, I don't quite grab all this, but I, I want more of God. Then you are the people that I want to come to this altar and just stand. Because then I'm just going to read a portion of Scripture over you. And I'm going to just say, God, here we are. We don't know what else to do. I was telling the Wednesday night crowd as they waited for the Holy Ghost. They were told to go in the upper room and tarry. They're probably looking at each other and saying, uh, Teresa, what's the Holy Ghost? i don't never heard of that word. What What's he going to do? Is he a guy? Is he a cause? What? They had no clue what was going to happen, but they went and obeyed. And I'm telling God through this all week and even over there behind that cross saying, I don't have a clue, but I'm going to do it anyway. So if what I said has struck something in your heart, just come and stand now, please. And we'll continue as soon as everybody's I'm just asking you to stand. So I'm going to read some scripture and we're just going to trust God. As I read this scripture, it's going to be personal between you and God. Trust and hope you won't look around. It's in the word of God. Nothing new, but we're going to take it by faith this morning that God is going to start putting us in circumstances and situations where he can move and do the miraculous. Yet you are the tool, you are the vessel. And by you coming down here, you're saying, I want to be used. And maybe the majority of you are like me. I don't even know what I'm asking quite for. Here's the word of God. Listen how it starts. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God we are humbling ourselves before you this morning, Lord, for the sake of our nation, for the sake of the church, for the thousands that have slipped lost into eternity in this last hour. We are humbling ourselves, we are getting ourselves out of the way. Please, Lord. And then it simply goes on and says this that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Listen to what that says. That God would grant to you right now as you stand here, according to the riches of his glory, according to the way God wants to do it, his glory, to strengthen, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner person. So that you'll be able to stand through any tsunami, any hurricane, any storm, any earthquake that will hit this nation, whether it be financial, emotional, lawlessness, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, root and ground this church in love, God. Lord, we can't love each other if we don't love you by faith, Lord God, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Lord, this is so more deeper, so more higher. The width is beyond our comprehension and the length to know the love of Christ which passes our knowledge, Lord. This is the love that we are standing and asking you for, God. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Not church. Not doctrine. Lord, we want to be filled with the fullness of God. Father, we feel like we've been robbed. And this is who we're asking. now to him who is able... To do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. That's the Holy Ghost. Oh God, kill the yebbuts that are in us. Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power. That works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. He says, amen. This is for his glory that he will put the Godhead bodily in you to be used. It'll be for his glory when upheaval runs rampant through our nation. And you are standing there in your right mind grabbing people as they swiftly run by you. Caught up. And You will have the answer. You are going to live beyond this veil. And listen, it's a holy calling. I am sick of the unholiness that goes on in these man-made things. It's a Holy calling. Father, we come to you now in the name of the Lord Jesus. God, I pray that you would pour your Holy Spirit upon all these willing vessels. God, you are our personal Savior. You speak to them personally, Lord. You minister to them. You teach them. You pull things out and you put things in. God we want to be moved upon by the spirit of God we want to be used by God for your glory God father I ask your blessing upon these people God I ask that you would touch those that we need to help us with all the various things that are going on in this time of year I pray that you would put your hand upon those that you want to anoint to represent you even for this Bethlehem walk, God. I pray that you would put your hand upon those, Lord God, who are afraid to get involved in fellowships and progressive dinners because of past experiences. Lord, let your anointing come. Father, let us walk in the presence of Almighty God. To God be the glory. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Bless your hearts. Look, start expecting God to show you things and open up things to you in the Word and in your life.